0: Hi, I'm Justin Duell, and this is the Branching Out Podcast from Campbellsville Christian Church. This is a place for connecting the words of Scripture to our hearts, minds, hands, and feet, so we can better abide in Jesus, the one true vine. The result? Deeper roots that produce good fruit in every season of life. Welcome to episode two of the Branching Out podcast. In our first episode, we talked about how the Bible is primarily the story of God because he is the first subject. And so we have to get our thinking straight that this is a story primarily about God. But in this episode, we're going to talk about the other side of that coin, which is the Bible is also a story about us. So chapter one of Genesis looks at the big picture of creation, but then chapter two zooms in on the creation of humanity. So if you pay close attention, you'll notice chapter one goes through all seven days of creation, but chapter two actually tells the story again, but spends pretty much the entire time on what happens with day six in the creation of people. And we learn through chapter one and chapter two that humans are made differently From everything else God creates. So, for example, you'll notice at the end of Genesis chapter 1, God says, Let us make mankind in our image. So, there's something different about people that everything else God created did not have. And Christian theology calls this the Imago Dei, which is just a Latin phrase that means the image of God. And so, Christians and theologians have spent a lot of time thinking about. What does it mean to be made in the image of God? And it has a lot more to do uh, with our character and our responsibilities than it does, you know, like our physical appearance. So first we learn that, but then very quickly in chapter two, we also learn that Adam is given a unique job that other elements in creation were not given. So for example, Adam is put in the Garden of Eden by God and God tells him to work it and to take care of it. So Adam is given a job and a responsibility, which through Adam, that extends to all of humanity. Then we see another important role that Adam has, where God brings every single creature past Adam and lets Adam name all of the animals. And after Adam does that, he realizes none of the animals are a suitable helper for him. And so we learn that humans are made in God's image, which gives them a special status and place in creation we then see that humans are given a job to do, which means they're put in charge of creation and they're put in charge of the Garden of Eden and the earth. And then we also see that, that humans are put above the rest of creation because Adam is allowed to name all the animals, which means he's in charge of the animals. So yes, it's a story about God first, but then it's a story about us. It's a story about how we are made in God's image, It's a story about the work that God has given us to do and the authority that he's handed over to us and then the commands that he's given to us. Because also in chapter 2, God tells Adam that there is a tree and that this is the only tree they're not allowed to eat from. They're allowed to eat from everything else in the Garden of Eden, all the other fruit, but they are not allowed to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so there's a command from the beginning, and of course that command plays a huge role in chapter 3, where Adam and Eve disobey God. But before we even get to that, let's just stop and reflect on this story about us, and how it is a relationship between God and us, and it's a relationship between people. Genesis sets up this story about us and says that we have a relationship with God, we have a task and jobs and authority that he has given to us. But then there's also a relationship between each other. That's why Adam is, you know, is taught by God that there are no other suitable creatures. And so then God makes Eve. And there's a lot we could talk about just right there between the relationship between men and women and about marriage. But for now, let's just talk in a general sense about the relationship that all people need with other people. And so Adam realizes he needs Eve, and that's also a lesson just generally that all people, we need each other. We need others. We can't do this by ourselves. And so we learn from God's word in Genesis chapter 2 that we're created with a special role. That's the image of God. That we have a job to do. That we see in Adam and Eve being put in the Garden of Eden, and there is work to do, and they're supposed to take care of it. And then we have a need for relationships, because there's Adam and there's Eve, and they're supposed to reflect the relationship that even God has within himself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We call that in Christian theology the Trinity. And then there's also commands to obey, because God says there's this one tree that you cannot eat from, but you can eat from everything else you want to. So how do we produce good fruit in our lives because we are part of God's story? How do we produce good fruit because the Bible is also the story of us. Well, first, we need to remember we have commands from God to obey. We need to avoid the temptation to think that God is wrong in his commands or that his commands are outdated. You know, that somehow maybe God, you know, his command worked at one point in history, but those commands just don't work anymore. You know, we we need to keep in mind that because this is God's story, he knows what is best and we need to follow his commands and obey them. We also need to remember on that, that every command points to God's heart. So while, especially when you read through the Old Testament, you will find some commands that are a little bit of a head scratchers, or we may not be sure how to apply them, but they still point to the heart of God. There is a reason that God did everything that he did and gave every command that he gave. So first, we have commands from God that we need to obey, and that will allow us to produce good fruit. Secondly, we need to Watch how we view our relationship with God. And by that, I mean, do you view God as someone who is equal to you? Do you view him as being below you? Do you view him as being uh, more important than you, more powerful than you? And those of us who are Christians, I think we would immediately answer that question with saying, well, of course, God is above me. He's in charge. He's the creator. He's the Lord of my life. Of course, he's above me. But potentially in some of our interactions and maybe some of the ways we act and talk, we actually give away that we don't totally believe that God is above us. Sometimes we might actually talk to God or think about God or act as if God isn't equal to us or that he's actually below us and he is being unfair because he's not doing what we've told him to do. But that's not how our relationship with God works. God is in charge. He has the authority. He's the Lord. He's the creator. We are his creation. Now what's so great about God is that in his grace and his mercy, Jesus said that he calls us friends. You know, we don't have to view our relationship with God as if he is in charge of us and so there are things we're not allowed to tell him. I mean, just go read the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms is full of prayers and the journal writings and the expressions of people and they are brutally honest, and they are painful, and they say some pretty crazy things to God. But God does not take those as you know a sign of insubordination. He takes those as gracefully as, as a friendship kind of relationship, and he walks us through that. So consider how you view your relationship with God, because that will have a lot to do with the fruit you produce in your life. And if you keep God as the one who is in charge that will help you produce good fruit and recognize that that he still will walk with you through times that are difficult or through things that you do not fully understand yet because of his grace. Third, how do we view our relationship with others? Do you see other people as made in God's image and so therefore they have value because God made them? Or do you view others as maybe not being as important as you? Or do you think that you're less important than somebody else for whatever reason? And I think a lot of our challenges and temptations around this issue is we create other reasons to try to value each other, whether that's by the job title that we have or our age, our wisdom, our experience, the amount of money we have, the kind of car we're able to drive or the house we live in or whatever else it might be. We find ways to try to categorize each other and and find ways to say, well, I am better than you because of X. Or sometimes we beat ourselves up and say, well, I'm not as good as that person because of whatever it is. And so instead, we have to remember we're all made in, in God's image, which means we all have value and we're also all equal. And God doesn't look at any one of us less than somebody else. We're the ones who created that, not him. And so that's important with how we treat other people, whether it's your spouse, whether it's your kids, whether it's a coworker or a neighbor. How do you view them? How do you treat them? Do you talk down to them? Do you dismiss them? Uh, are you intimidated by them because you think they're they're better than you? And so instead, to be able to have that kind of relationship with each other, where we recognize we all have value, we all have the same heavenly Father, the same Creator and to treat each other with dignity and respect because of that inherent value that God gives us. And then lastly, this produces good fruit in us because it impacts how we read the Bible and how we interpret it and apply it. So it's really important to remember that this is primarily the story of God, because that means when we read a Bible passage, the first question to answer is, what does this passage say about God? When you can answer that question, that will help to ground all other discoveries and observations and applications. You start with, okay, what is this telling me about God? And then move to, well, what does this tell me about myself or about people? You know, I've noticed a lot of times what we do is we either stay at the general level or we begin to get more specific about other people, but not ourselves. And that's simply a defense mechanism because you don't want to criticize yourself or you don't want to have God's word point out your own flaws and correct you. And so rather than having to admit something specific that this story applies to you about, you keep it very general so you don't really have to think about it too much. Or it's always about somebody else. You think about how somebody else should read this passage because there's something they need to learn from it. Instead of saying, well, what do I need to learn from it? How can I change? So as we wrap up, let's remember that the Bible is a story first about God, and then it's a story about us. And it's a story about our relationship with God and the important role that he's given to us.